Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. You want to bet? Yep, the Democrats debate tonight and sportsbetting.ag. That's sportsbetting.ag is booking it. You can place your bets online right there at sportsbetting.ag. And in our second half hour tonight, we're going to give you some of the best prop bets uh, that they have for you. My favorite is Will Joe Biden hug Kamala Harris Kirsten Gillibrand or Marianne Williamson tomorrow night. Uh, uh, Joe is in part two. That's There's 10 tonight, 10 tomorrow, I think it is. Um, but Joe's not debating tonight. He won't be there tonight. They'll just he'll, He won't be there in person, but he'll be there in spirit because they'll be beating him up because he's the leader. He's the he's – the, oh, he's leading in the polls right now. Uh, no is the favorite, by the way, uh, on uh, whether he will hug one of those three women – the uh, odds are six to five. You can get that he will not. Uh, but more on that in the second half hour. I'll also have the questions I would ask each candidate if I were the moderator. And one of the bets should be, by the way, will Rachel Maddow, who's moderating this thing, hug any of the candidates after the debate? She's been known to do that. I'm not sure she'll hug them because they're all Democrats. And uh, she hugged somebody. I think she might have hugged. A Hillary after the after the uh, one of the debates with Donald Trump, but I, she's she, I'd have to check that. But she she's known for having hugged uh, someone after a debate, which is not a good look for the you know moderator of the debate who's trying to show that she's you know, at least a little bit um, uh, impartial. She's been known to do that. Anyway, I haven't decided if I'm going to try to uh, sit through the debate tonight. Because I know what they're going to say. And I know, I mean, I, I've heard, if they've been doing this. How long have they been out there already? Uh, how many more times can you hear them say it? So I, I, I just can't believe that they're going to say anything that surprises me. But if something does, uh, something crazy does happen, um, I'll see it in the highlights. I'll get that. I'll have no problem with that. And maybe that's the base, best way to do it is to just let somebody else summarize it for me. But there is... One way that I might be able to get through it, and that's if President Trump is live tweeting while it's going on. If he is, I think I'll watch. And MSNBC and NBC should send him a really nice thank you note if he does decide to do that because it'll double their ratings. And I'm not kidding. If he's if he is live tweeting, and think about that. What a what a what a 2019 actually 2020 thing that is. That uh, just imagine. Um, yeah, 20 years ago, um, uh, who was who would have been uh, Al Gore tweeting while George while the Republicans were debating? Have Al Gore out there with a with millions of people paying attention? Which I don't, I don't even I've lost track of the number of uh, followers that Donald Trump has. It's a hundred million or something like that. Um, and to be able to tweet to them and react to every time they take a shot at him, he can take a shot right back. Who's not going to be doing that during the debate? How could you not do it? Uh, the number one subject tonight will probably be immigration. Uh, but, you know, they're going to also debate how much free stuff we all should get. And that will include free college education and wiping out college loans. It'll be fun to watch them try to outdo each other on that stuff. And we will talk about that after the break coming up here with an expert from the Heritage Foundation who's going to give you some ideas about how to make the colleges more accountable, something I was, I'm, I've was i been wondering about for a while. And if we have that, uh, if we have time tonight, and only if we have time, I'm going to give you some evidence to back up my contention that I've held for a long time that my generation, the baby boomers, not the greatest generation, 
the worst generation. And there's a lot of evidence to back that up, and I have the uh, some of the uh, facts for you, and I'll see if there's enough time. I may get into it a little bit and then hold it off until tomorrow. It all depends on how much time we have left. Anyway, I will take your phone calls tonight in the second half hour at 844-302-1250. 844-302-1250. You can call me on some of these bets and tell me how you'd bet when I'm running through them. And I'm going to give you a bunch of them. Uh, the prop bets are great. But uh, when we come back, more on the stupidest idea the Democrats have come up with in a long time. Stick around. been telling you about something called Miracles in Moon for a few weeks here, and uh, the president and CEO, Mike Magolik, joins us. Thanks for having us, John. We appreciate all the support. Mike, your son has a genetic disorder that makes him someone who will appreciate this field, right? Yeah, that's correct. Our youngest son, Luke, has a rare genetic disease called 5P-. About 30 to 35 kids a year in the U.S. are born with wow, it. Wow, that's all. Um, yeah, so the main reason that we're building this field with the help of the community is that we want everyone to have a team, everyone to use a restroom with the dignity that they deserve, mm-hmm. and have families to have a safe place to play. You're not getting any federal taxpayer money here, right? So this is all donations that's going to get this thing done? Yeah, that's correct. Everyone talks about how great Pittsburgh is, and our board can definitely feel that because the money that we've raised, close to $2 million, has been from individuals, companies, and foundations. And if you'd like to see how you can help, please go to the website. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org. Miraclesinmoon.org. Recent story Storms have done a number on Pittsburgh homes and businesses. This is John Steigerwald. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday right here on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors just like you publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. To help you get started, we want to send you our free author submission kit. Christian Faith Publishing reviews every book submitted to us. And if your book is approved, we'll edit, design, print, and distribute your book online and in bookstores everywhere. Imagine seeing your book in specialty Christian bookstores, Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. It could happen. And it all starts with one call to Christian Faith Publishing at 800-566-1012 for your free author submission kit. If you have a novel, children's book, poetry, biography, or any inspirational work you've written, we can help you get it published today. Shouldn't you work with a publisher who shares your Christian values of integrity and honesty? You can get your book published. So call for your free author submission kit right now. Call 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. 800-566-1012. You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the original mattress factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality. 
offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. The Democrat debate part one is tonight. There will be uh, 10 people on the stage all trying to promise more free stuff than the person on either side of them. And a free college education and wiping out college loans will uh, be coming at you from every direction if you are, uh, well, if you're willing to watch all this. But anyway, Mary Claire M. Selim is an analyst for education policy at the Heritage Foundation, and she joins us now. Mary Claire, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. So if you were moderating the debate tonight, and you know our subject's going to be here to, uh, when you and I are speaking here. If you were moderating the debate tonight, what would your first question be for Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> well, I, I would certainly want to discuss uh, her proposal um, that, that was submitted in, in legislative form uh, to, uh, to uh, cancel student loan debt and to make colleges tuition-free. I definitely find those... Um, those proposals to be particularly troubling, and we, we additionally saw uh, Senator Sanders um, and Representative Ilhan Omar present something uh, even more expansive than that this week. So that's definitely uh, what I've been following. Yeah, and I I would, um, Mike, uh, what a question I would like, I hope somebody asks her, is about how much money she made as a teacher at Harvard, as a professor at Harvard. I've seen different figures, some uh, some in uh, 300,000, some uh, more than that. Um, do you think she has some explaining to do on that uh, 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 for someone who made a really good living teaching and, uh, as far as I know, not spending a lot of time in classrooms uh, and then being out on the campaign trail saying that it's time for everybody to have their loans paid off? Well, it is interesting that, that ultimately these proposals to forgive loan forgiveness and to make college tuition free is just giving blank checks to our universities. And you do see you know, these high salaries that our professors are getting paid, and we think, wow, do these colleges really need more money? Uh, I, I would argue no, that they don't. They certainly don't on the, need to on the backs of American taxpayers. Yeah, and I, I've been saying here for a while on the show that I haven't seen many, if, if any, um, major media outlets doing investigations to why college tuition costs have gone up so much. Uh, do you think it's because of a lack of interest or maybe because it's just not a complicated uh, answer? Uh, I, I definitely think that that many Americans are, are mulling over these uh, these questions right now. Certainly, and I think that it'll definitely uh, be continued to be talked about as we see more debates going forward. What What do you think is the uh, the reason that um, the, the the tuition has gone up? Uh, well, well, tuition. Uh, there's more evidence now than ever that the federal government's subsidizing federal student loans has led to, led to the. Uh, rampant increase in tuition that we've seen in recent decades. And so the more the federal government is giving basically a blank check to these universities, the more these universities know they can raise their tuition um, and know that students aren't being price sensitive to that. And so if we want to lower the cost of tuition um, for, for students that they don't need to take on these mountains of debt, uh, we should be talking about getting the federal government out of the game of lending to students and letting the private market come in and put some downwards pressure on those tuition prices. Uh, tra- transferring the cost of attendance on the American taxpayers does nothing to solve that issue. And, and, and I mean, how do you put a, um, a value on something like tuition? Um, because, you know, you're not really, it's not like you're going in and buying a product and you know, buying a new car and, and you know how much money you're putting down and how much you're going to pay every month, and you, at least you know you're driving around in a car, but how do you know um, that you're getting $57,000 a year worth of education when you, when you plunk that money down? Yeah, it's definitely very difficult, which is why student loans are, are tricky. I mean, they're different than other types of loans that we do see in our marketplace. But there are some answers to this. So I mean, if we had a private lending market, we would get some signals from the business community. The business community would probably be far more involved uh, saying, okay, well, this is the, the value uh, of, you know, a chemical engineering degree versus the value of, you know, a sociology degree. The problem with federal lending is that we give the same loan to every student regardless of where they want to go or where they want to study. And we know that students who, who study different things earn drastically different earnings uh, once they walk out the door. And so uh, things like uh, income share agreements are something that I'm very supportive of where the school pays for your education up front and then you offer to pay back a percentage of your earnings afterwards. 
then the school is heavily invested in you as an earner afterwards because they want to get their money back. And so I think those are innovative ways that we should be talking about to get colleges involved in in, uh, the product that they produce when students walk off campus. You know, you would think that um, with the the high cost and with so many people who, who are out there with college degrees working as bartenders like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez did, that at some point it would hit home with people without having to be beaten over the head about it, that, you know, I'm spending all this money and I, there's just no way I'm gonna, it's, it's, it's going to pay off for me. Exactly, and I think we should be um, encouraging uh, students, you know, once they graduate high school, to really be thinking seriously about the loans that they're taking out. Again, I think because we have easy access to federal loans, we're sort of treating this like monopoly money at some point, and which is why we, we do have $1.6 trillion in outstanding student loan debt right now. I think we should be encouraging students to take the fiscally responsible route. And the problem with loan forgiveness policies is that we do have a lot of students who are taking a fiscally responsible route by maybe going to state school or maybe earning a part-time job and taking that loan from the American taxpayer seriously. Um, we're treating those students the same as those students who, you know, have been defaulting on their loans and went to the most expensive school possible and, you know, overextended themselves. And so I think it's definitely an inequitable way for us to be addressing this problem. How do you think, I mean, do you think that they're, that they're 100% serious about, uh, in the case of Bernie Sanders, he wants to pay everybody's loan. I think um, Elizabeth Warren wants to pay it up to $50,000 worth of uh, debt. Um do they? These are people who are supposed to be in government and know how things work and how things are paid for and where the money comes from. Do you think that they really believe that they can pull it off, and uh, or, or are they is it just pure pandering? Well, of course, I, I, I can't speak yeah, to their motivations, right. but we, we, we certainly know that these uh, types of proposals don't always end up the way that they, they are expected to. So for Senator Sanders' plan in particular, uh, he's proposed a, a tax on Wall Street trading, um, you know, playing into the rhetoric that, you know, the, the wealthy will be paying for this, you know, don't worry, middle class, this, this won't affect you. But of course, it will ultimately affect the middle class. Um, you know, we've written at the Heritage Foundation that, uh, you know, these types of taxes don't nearly generate as much revenue as they're expected to. Uh, and they, they hurt the economy. They increase market volatility. Uh, and so, you know, certainly at a time where the market is doing so well, you know, we don't want to fix what ain't broke. But, um, you know, the, these these programs will in, end up costing far more than expected. And then the middle class will end up having to pick up that time. We're talking to Mary Claire M. Selim. She's an analyst for education policy at the Heritage Foundation. Um, you, yeah, you wrote this week that the loan bailout wouldn't help students in the long term. What did you mean by that? Well, in the long term, we will see that this will affect our economy as a whole. I think that we should be, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, high taxes and things like that will, will certainly affect our economy. But furthermore, I think we should be talking about college alternatives. I think that when we're talking about free college, we're talking about uh, we're operating under the premise that going to college is the best decision for everyone. And I think that many students will be better served by alternative options, by, by a program that gets you from high school to the workplace without all the fluff, you know, without uh, a lot of, you know, this needless time and money spent, uh, but rather gets you exactly the, the skills and training that you need to get the career that you want. I think we should be bolstering those types of programs for the students that don't want to take on mountains of debt. Uh, you know, this is leaving alone, you know, the current system that we have, but we should be talking about alternative options. Instead, we're assuming that this system works so well that everyone should be going to it. And I think that, you know, anyone who has two eyes can see that this system is not working very well for everyone. Um, I, I came across a piece today. I'm going to talk about it today if I have the time. It's called The Boomers Ruined Everything. It's by a guy named Lyman Stone. He's a research fellow at the Institute for Family Studies. Um, And he wrote a piece. I'm a baby boomer, so it it hit home with me, and I agree with him. Um, But one of the things he talks about is that, uh, and I guess he's he's blaming the baby boomers, which means it's happened, you know, fairly recently, that um, that they've they've succeeded in making it, uh, convincing employers uh, that, college degrees are required for jobs that really shouldn't require college degrees and that that's that's a trend that i don't know if, you know where you can if you can put your finger on where it started but it's it's certainly out there 
Absolutely. And we, we have a, a horrible problem with uh, what's referred to in you know the, the wonky world as degree inflation. This idea that you need all of these degrees and spending all of this time and money uh, to get you know more letters after your name, but that doesn't necessarily tran- translate into career preparedness. And a lot of students are going into college because they think, well, I'm, I'm a smart, capable person, and this is what smart, capable people do. They go to college without really thinking through, well, okay, is this going to get me the steps that I need to get to the career that I want? And I think that we don't have enough options out there for students who who want to pursue, you know, somewhere maybe in between a community college degree and a and a, a, a four-year bachelor's degree. I think there there should be other career and vocational training options available for students who want to avoid that whole mess. And but how do you how do you get parents to buy into the fact that maybe their kids shouldn't go to college? How much of that is is a status thing, and how much of it is propaganda put out by the colleges themselves? Yeah, well, I, I don't think that's as much of an uphill battle as it used to be. I mean, we're, we're seeing polling data come out more and more showing that people are very frustrated with higher education these days. And, you know, that, that might be due to a lot of the free speech violations that we're seeing or a lot of these campus protests um, or a lot of the, uh, the one ideology indoctrination that's going on in a lot of these campuses. I think people are, are growing very frustrated with that in addition to these increased tuition costs. Um, so I saw a poll, um, I think a 2017 poll, that showed that the uh, majority, about 53% of Republican or Republican-leaning voters, said that college was a bad thing for America. When simply prompted, you know, is college a good or a bad thing for our society? Wow. Uh, about 53% said bad. So I think the tide's definitely turning. I think Americans are growing very frustrated, understandably so, uh, with college education today. So I think we are starting to see... Uh, Americans think about whether or not uh, all these students need to be going to college. Yeah, I've I've come up with a list of some schools that you shouldn't send your your kids to, just based on some of the stupidity that's going on there. You talked about some of the some of the stuff that's being taught, and you know, uh, college is coming out with a list of fifty eight pronouns you're supposed to lo- uh, use. Uh, maybe that's uh, the cumulative effect of that is starting to uh, to to uh, take effect. I, I think that's absolutely right, and I think, you know, uh, I don't have uh, numbers to back this up, but you can see, you know, anecdotally, I think alumni are, are starting to question whether or not they, they should be donating to their universities, things like that. Uh, I, I think that the, those are ways that we can start holding colleges accountable if, if we're tying the purse strings a little bit and saying, you know, the product that you're producing is certainly not worth the, the price that you're charging. And um, has there been a, a proliferation of idiotic majors over the last X number of years? I mean, you know, gender well, studies and things that are just a waste of time. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I, I don't think you, you saw uh, as many students enrolling in gender studies, you know, decades ago. No, as you I didn't know anybody who did, not, and I'm decades ago, so. Yeah, it's definitely a, a growing problem, and I think that part of the problem is that we don't have the business community involved at all in what's being taught in higher education. And I think that if we did, you know, have that workforce check on what's being taught, we would see uh, a lot of these courses that clearly have no career attached to the end of them. We might see the enrollment of those courses go down a little bit. You know, uh, I only have a little less than two minutes to go here. Um, um, Mark Cuban, who's a a liberal guy, but who's a kind of a forward-thinking guy, uh, he has uh, said that he doesn't think he thinks that the brick and mortar university will eventually disappear, and that because you, you, you can go to college in your bedroom, mm. and, that, yeah, and, you know, and could that be a trend? We are certainly seeing more students take advantage of online options. I think it's a fantastic option, option, especially if you don't want to spend a lot of money going to college and you just want to, you know not spend time living on campus or commuting. You just want to learn uh, school from your bedroom. I think it's fantastic that we have the technology to do that now. And again, seeing this trend with growing frustration with our universities, I would love to see, um, you know, maybe not necessarily all, all of these schools going away, but for different options to pop up that, that compete with these uh, long-established universities and maybe encourage them to step up their game a little bit. Hey, uh, Mary Claire, I really appreciate it. I'm up against a hard break, and I'm flat out of time. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's Mary Claire Amselam. And those uh, get rid of those brick-and-mortar schools. You kind of cut down on your party in a little bit. Doing Going to school in your bedroom wouldn't be quite as much fun. Betting on the debates coming up next. 
With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. Special Counsel Robert Mueller will testify before Combined House and Judiciary and Intelligence Committees next month. Before leaving for the G20 summit in Osaka, Japan, President Trump was pretty blunt about his reaction. My only response to Mueller is, does it ever stop? After all of these years and times and people, does it ever stop? And the Democrats use it to try and divert from what they have, because what they've done, if you look and you see, and it's just my opinion, tremendous criminal activity on their side. And they know it, and this is a diversion. But I ask you this, does it ever stop? The Senate's approved a bipartisan legislation providing $4.6 billion to care for thousands of migrants streaming into the U.S. across the Mexican border. The measure resembles a package Democrats already pushed through the House last night. This is SRN News. Ford Pass. Everything you need to keep moving right in the palm of your hand. Now you can earn points to use toward flexible complimentary maintenance when you buy or lease a new Ford and sign up for rewards. Plus, use the app to access roadside assistance. You'll even earn exclusive Ford Pass rewards just for maintaining your vehicle. Only Ford Pass combines roadside assistance, Ford Pass rewards, and now when you buy or lease a new Ford, earn points you can use toward flexible complimentary maintenance. Ford Pass, built to keep you moving. Built Ford Proud. Visit your participating Ford dealership to find out about how you can earn complimentary maintenance on every new Ford. Roadside assistance is included for certain Ford owners and available to everyone for a per-service fee. Ford reserves the right to change program details without obligations. Visit your participating dealer or FordPassRewards.com for program rules and restrictions. Ford Pass, compatible with select smartphone platforms, is available via a download. Hugh Hewitt has campaign advice for the president. The president needs to go back to his 2016 tactics of talking to everyone at length one-on-one. What he did in 2016 and 15, it's why he won. He's got to go back on the radio. He's got to go back on CNN. He was on with Chuck Dodd. He's got to do every show. Give him an hour to dominate television again. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Are you worried that the next market downturn could rob you of your wealth and your security? Are you concerned that your lifetime may last longer than your life savings? You don't have to be. For over 30 years, Gary Hunt has advocated for strong retirement principles, helping families in Allegheny and Westmoreland generate more income while protecting their retirement funds. And Gary now offers retirement-minded savers and investors a free book so you can better understand what it takes to structure a more stable, secure, and confident retirement. Call Gary Hunt and request your copy of Income Allocation. 844-366-HUNT. That's 844 Community Bank, City Mission, Number One Cochrane, Highmark Stadium, Peters Township Community Center, Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction, design and build with one company. Nello Construction, full service construction from the ground up. Renovation, expansion. Nello Construction, the choice for business. See the projects, begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway North, seeing some volume delays now outbound between Venture Street and Union Avenue. Parkway East is heavy outbound, Forbes Avenue to Edgewoods, Wisdale. Pretty typical of the inbound side. Outbound Parkway West, some volume delays as well between Parkway Center Drive and Carnegie. South Fayette Construction shuts down Miller's Run Road doing some railroad crossing construction between Parks Road and Lee Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. 
partly cloudy tonight, warm and muggy, low 66. Tomorrow, sunny to partly cloudy, very warm and humid, going up to 87 degrees. Tomorrow night, some patchy clouds and sticky, low 68. Partial sunshine for Friday, again, very warm and humid. An afternoon thunderstorm will be around, high Friday, 88 degrees. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Yeah, the debate uh, start. The debates start tonight. I mean, it's what is this? Uh, June, whatever this is, twenty uh, sixth. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> uh, today's June twenty sixth, and um, the election isn't until November twenty twenty. So that's uh, July, August, September, October. That's uh, seventeen months. So a year and a half, basically, before we actually get a chance to vote for any of these clowns, and um, or uh, not vote for them in my case, but. Um, and so it starts, and it starts with 20 people debating. So I, the, the lineup tonight, uh, in case you didn't know, and as I said, I, I, the only way I'm going to watch is if when I turn it on, I see that Donald Trump is live tweeting along with it. Otherwise, I'm turning it off and going with the highlights. I'll, I'll find something else to watch. But here's the lineup, and, and I've, I've come up with my questions if I were the moderator that I, that I would ask these people, um, and I'll start with, the, with, there's a lineup of 10 tonight, and uh, here's Cory Booker, Cory Booker, and, you know, he's the senator from New Jersey. My question to him would be, how's T-Bone? Do you, you, do you know about T-Bone? T-Bone is the imaginary friend that he created that uh, he said he used to pop by every now and then and and uh, catch him walking on the sidewalk somewhere in Newark outside his office and he would jump in the car with T-Bone and drive around the neighborhood and T-Bone would tell him you know he would give him the lowdown on what's going on in the neighborhood and what's going on in the city and stuff that this is when he was mayor of Newark and this is this is uh and Corey he he really enjoy, enjoyed it and he was really able to get his finger on the pulse of the city by doing this the only problem is he made it up uh, that was <laughs> he uh, he wants to be president of the united states he made up an imaginary friend and eventually admitted to it and said but well i mean it wasn't really one guy it was uh, it was a it was a composite you know like they do for movies where they'll take three or four characters and make one out of it for time purposes and simplicity so cory you know he was he, he i i have a feeling that cory would not have said that it was a con- uh, a composite or admitted that it wasn't real if he hadn't been caught. I think we'd still be hearing about T-Bone tonight in his opening statement. He'd be talking about something T-Bone told him. So that would be my question. Senator Booker, just wondering, how's T-Bone doing? Then there's uh, Julian or Julian Castro. And my question for him would be, do you think you'd be here if you weren't Hispanic? Because... I just, uh, I, I just, he doesn't strike me as a kind of dynamic candidate uh, with the the background that uh, uh, you know that anybody gets takes him seriously. But he might, uh, he might be in there thinking that at some point he'd make a good vice presidential candidate because of his ethnicity, eth- ethnicity. And so uh, he may end up being the winner. I, I don't know. He may end up tonight just blowing everybody away with his performance in the debate, but. I don't know. I just have a feeling there's, uh, there's a reason he's there, and it's not a good one. Uh, Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar. She's, uh, I, my question for Amy would be, are you mad? Have you heard about her? She throws stuff. Uh, she Her, her uh, former staff, uh, and I guess some current staff, I don't know, they, they've said that uh, she would get mad and throw things and uh, humiliate them and yell at them in the in the office in front of everybody and she's not a really uh good person to work for that's the, that came from some of her staff so that would be my question for amy you're not mad are you amy because uh you know we you're, you're okay you're not gonna throw anything are you then there's beto o'rourke my question for him first question beto do you think you could talk for 15 seconds without making wild hand gestures? And uh, because if you've seen this, I mean, you've seen this guy. And he's, 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 getting his, he's been just sinking like a rock in, in the polls, so he's not going anywhere. But uh, Beto um, does the hand gestures. But I'd also ask, have to say, 
See, I'm 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 not kidding about this. This this question, I would have to ask him, Beto. What's the deal with Beto? Uh, if you're elected president, would you be sworn in as Beto or Robert, which is your real name? And would you be President Beto or O'Rourke or Robert O'Rourke? I mean, how about having president named Beto? Uh, who, who? There's some suspicion that he might have thrown that nickname around just because he wanted to create the impression, because he's in Texas, that there's some Hispanic aspect to his uh, ethnicity or his candidacy. So that would be my question for Beto. Do you think you could talk for 15 seconds without making a, a wild hand gestures? And I'd also, I might ask the people, I, 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 I think it would be a good idea for whoever is standing next to Beto tonight on either side, maybe have a hockey hockey helmet with a face guard on it because you're going to hit, you're going to slap in the face. And just be careful. Guy's got some big, long arms. He could hit you in the face. Then there's uh, Bill de Blasio, de Blasio from uh, New York. He's the mayor of New York. My question for Bill, and this would be a 100% serious question, and I would ask it. Bill, do you think you could get one person from New York outside of some people in your immediate family to vote for you for president? Everybody in New York City hates you, thinks you're a terrible mayor, and you're running for president. And do you think you could carry New York City... If you ran in the primary, do you think you, you think is there any chance that you you would beat any of these other candidates in New York City where you are the mayor? He is at zero percent the last I checked. So he shows up at, he when he shows up in Iowa or any of these other places where he's been campaigning, he has fifteen more he has fifteen people there to see him. Now I think I think I'm not ready to one hundred percent guarantee it, but I'm pretty confident that if I entered the race, I would have 15 people show up in Iowa. Why wouldn't I? Some, at least, that, first of all, three or four of them would be somebody who knew me or somebody that I accosted on the street and begged them to come. I, he had like 15 people at an event the other day. He's running for president of the United States. I think that I could go there. Nobody knows who I am. I could show up in Ames, Iowa, and announce that I'm running for president and I'm, I'm holding a... a, a I'm having a, a rally or, or having a meeting, and I want to talk to the voters. I get 15 people to show up, which is the same as the New York, the mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio. Now, then uh, we go on to the next guy here, John Delaney. My question would be for him, who are you and how did you get in here? That would be my question for him. Tulsi Gabbard, she's also in it. Uh, she's a senator from Hawaii. I would say, do you know who this guy John Delaney is? Because, uh, you know, have you, have you just met him? Have you just heard about him tonight? And then there's Jay Inslee. I would have to ask him, who are you? And do you know John Delaney? Or, do you, for that matter, do you know Tulsi Gabbard? Uh, and then there's Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan is, is in, the, in the debate tonight. My question for him would be, did all four of you come here with the same Uber driver? Did you, I mean, did you split the cost? Um, and, and I might ask any one of those four, what would you say the chances are of any of these other three, Tulsi, Jay, or Tim, if I'd asked John Delaney, what would you put their chances at getting the nomination? Any better than yours? And then Elizabeth Warren. She's the biggie. Uh, my, and I, as I said to our guest earlier, Mary Claire M. Selim from uh, the Heritage Foundation, uh, my first question for her would be, tell us how much you made teaching at Harvard and how many hours of class you actually and how many hours you actually spent in the classroom every week. Because I've heard different I've seen different figures, but they all are over three hundred thousand dollars. And the number of credits hours she had, she was involved with were something like nine, twelve, uh, something ridiculous. And th- so that would be my one, one question for Elizabeth Warren. And would you ask your former fellow teachers to take a pay cut to make this free college thing work? Would you do that? I mean, because it's going to be free, and if wouldn't it be a lot easier to make this happen if the professors weren't, say, instead of making two hundred thousand a year, they were making one hundred and fifty? Yeah, take a little twenty-five percent pay cut. Also, for Elizabeth Warren. Would it be wrong or racist to call someone who borrowed money from a bank and refused to pay it back an Indian giver? I hope I don't get in trouble for that, but that's that's probably not uh, – you're not allowed to say that anymore. But I think – I also don't think you're supposed to claim that you're 
of Native American ethnicity when you're not really. So I, you know, so but that, I think that would be a good question for Elizabeth Warren. So uh, you know what we got? Uh, we got some time left here. I'm going to take a break now. And uh, I'm not going to get to my why the baby boomers ruined everything today. I, I really like this thing, but it's it's kind of long and involved, and it, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. I'll probably do that tomorrow. It's uh, by a guy named Lyman Stone, who's a research fellow at the Institute for Family Studies. It's a long piece um, in The Atlantic, and he really goes point by point on how my generation, the worst generation, um, ruined the. <laughs> As, as the, the number one, the first line in the story is the baby boomers ruined America. Period. That's how the piece starts, and I and I agree with it. But anyway, we'll get to that. I hope tomorrow. In the meantime, uh, we're going to come back and tell you about some of the bets for the debate tonight, and how you can actually bet on some of this stuff. Stick around. the crack of the bat the cheers of the crowd have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field i'm not talking about the pirates i'm talking about what's happening in moon township that can only be described as a miracle this is john Sagerwald. with the help of pirates charities and people like yourself the miracle league of moon township has broken ground on a brand new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability at miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, a warrior is more than a team name. Here, at their fully accredited K-12 grade Christian school, just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, a warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. A warrior is challenged to learn as they develop a strong work ethic, achieve academic excellence, and cultivate a lifelong love of learning. And a warrior is trained to lead through Christian character and integrity so they can impact the world for Christ by their example wherever God calls them. So, are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School, a fully accredited K-12 grade Christian school just 15 minutes north of Cranberry where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. That's O-U-R-P-C-S dot org. Are you overwhelmed, unable to think clearly or sleep well at night, or just trudging through each day but not really enjoying your life? I'm a counselor with Faithful Counseling, and that feeling of distress can sometimes be because you're wrestling with a problem that seems too big or too impossible to overcome. Other times, people are consumed by a past hurt. I'm part of a network of Christian counselors, fellow believers, trusted therapists who share your faith. We want to give you a free week so you can try us out. You can begin a conversation with one of us by text or phone, even video conferencing today. Are you ready to shake this off and begin enjoying your life? If it's not for you, cancel during your first week and you'll not pay a dime. Go to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. It's time to talk to someone who can help. Go now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. It's so easy to get started, and your first week is free. Go now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention, so many choices and ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. Today's technology can do that, but you need the resources and know-how to make it all work. You need Salem Surround. With all the digital marketing tools available and necessary to compete in today's business world, you need to know how to use all the options efficiently. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. For no limitations on how and where you can reach customers, there's Salem Surround, total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com, surroundpittsburgh.com. 
Connecting you with new customers. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Okay, uh, the debates are tonight, the first round, uh, tomorrow night also. And if you are a betting person, which, by the way, I am not. Some people might expect, since I spent so much time covering sports, that I'd be a big better and be all excited about it becoming legal. Um, I, I, don't, I think I might have bet on one game in my life. I played some pools and things like that, college pools, but I think I bet, I bet on one game, and that was legally in Las Vegas a long time ago, hockey game. And the Penguins lost. I bet on the Penguins to win. Anyway, uh, so I'm not a betting guy. But uh, this is um, from uh, sportsbetting.ag, and you can, uh, you can go to the sportsbetting.ag slash sportsbook slash futures. Uh, anyway, uh, that's you know, it's too much for you to remember. Just go to sportsbetting.ag, and you'll find it. So here are some of the um, debate prop baits. Uh, prop bets, I should say. Uh, will any candidate say concentration camp? Yes, four to one. No, one to six. Minus six hundred. Uh, I got to go with. I mean, that's a that's that's an easy easy bet. Um, how many times will the candidates say Trump over twenty point five, under twenty point five? I would say not only is it over twenty point five, it's over two hundred point five. There's ten people there. It's going to go on for how long? How many times are you going to say Trump? They won't be able to count them. How many times will the candidates say impeach? Then the over is only two. Uh, over under is two point five. You got to go over. They'll have they'll they'll say impeach three times in the first five minutes. Um, these are easy bets. Will any any candidate say a curse word or be bleeped during the debate? The debates. Uh, yes, sixteen to five. No, one to four. Minus four hundred. I'm going to say no on that one. Uh, will any candidate speak a word in Spanish during debates? Absolutely. The uh, it's yes is one to five minus five hundred. No is four to one. I would not take that no bet. There's so, they're going to there's no way they're going to let that go by without saying uh, using some kind of Spanish. Um, will Joe Biden? This is one of my this may this is my favorite actually. Will Joe Biden hug Kamala Harris, Kirsten Gillibrand, or Marianne Williamson during Thursday's debate? Uh, no is six to five. That's an easy bet. Uh, yes is uh, two to three, minus 150. So um, he's not going to hug anybody. Uh, Joe, he can't possibly be that. St- I hope he does. Don't get me wrong. I hope he hugs everybody. Uh, and, and I hope he sniffs their hair and everything. But I don't think he's going to do it. He's going to. Um, and I, I, does it count if he hugs one of the men? I don't know. But if it's the women. He better watch himself, and one of them's liable to kick him in the groin if he does, if he gets a little too close. Um, but I don't, um, I, I just don't see Joe doing that tomorrow night. Which topic will the moderators ask about first during Wednesday's debate? The choices are abortion, health care, gun control, immigration, Iran, and digital privacy. I'm going with immigration, and that's a five-to-one bet. The, uh, the favorite is abortion. Two to one. I just don't. I'm not buying that. That's not. If if this were a Republican versus Democrat debate, maybe. I just don't see them uh, asking that in the first uh, question. The interesting thing here is that Michelle or uh, Rachel Maddow could be looking at this, and she could go tell her friends to put. Um, uh, I don't know. Put a hundred dollars on digital privacy. And she could win a lot of money at seven to one, and then she could just make that her first uh, first question. I don't know how they. And if she, I guess if she, it'd be legal, she placed the bet. Um, which topic will the moderators ask the most questions about during Wednesday's debate? Um, I'm going with immigration at four to one. Health care at three to two is the favorite. Gun control is two to one. Abortion is four to one, and so is immigration. Iran is seven to one, and digital privacy is eight to one. So here are some Twitter proper bets. Again, prop bets. I, I, I just, I, I, I'm begging President Trump to tweet live during the debate because it's the only way I can possibly get through it. How could you watch this thing and not know that? I mean, not every word that comes out of their mouth be something that you've heard these people say eight thousand times. Uh, they've been doing it now for a couple for months. 
How many non-facts will President Trump tweet during both debates, according to the Washington Post fact checker dot blog, a fact, fact checker blog? Now, since it's the Washington Post fact checker, which is not the least bit reliable, you got to go over the six point five. It's, it's the over under is six and a half. So you got to go with uh, you got to go with the over because it's the Washington Post that's going to be deciding which which facts are facts and which aren't. How many times will President Trump tweet? <laughs> During Wednesday debates, the over is 1.5 and the under is 1.5. One and a half times. Come on, that's the easiest bet on here. He, I hope if he doesn't, if he doesn't, if he doesn't tweet, who's going to watch? How many times will President Trump tweet during Thursday's debate? And that goes up to 2.5 is over under. So I don't know why that is. I'm going with the over on both of those. Uh, this is one of, also one of my favorites. Will President Trump tweet Alfred E. Newman? Yes, three to two. No, one to two. I'm going with yes, and I and I hope so. Like early on, like it's first time that that Pete has a comment. Alfred um, uh, Trump comes right out with an Alfred E. Newman. What me worry? Will President Trump tweet Pocahontas? Yes is one to two. No is three to two. Um, I'm going with yes. It got to. And that's, that's a not a good bet. doesn't pay off. How many times will President Trump tweet Sleepy Joe? Over one and a half, under one and a half. I'm going to actually say under one and a half because I think it'll be once. That's, why they, that's how they get you with the one and a half. Which candidate uh, name will President Trump, Trump tweet first during Wednesday's debate? That's a tough one. I'm going with Beto. Good odds. Four to one on Beto. Elizabeth Warren is two to three. But you can make some money on Beto. Put a hundred bucks on Beto, you make four hundred bucks. Um, which candidate name will President Trump tweet first during Thursday's debate tomorrow night? Uh, I'm, you got to say Joe Biden. That's one to one, even. That's it's wasted time. So there you go. Uh, and then the last one here: President Trump's approval rating on July first, according to five thirty eight dot com, will be over forty two percent or under forty two percent. I'm going to go with over because I think after the debate tonight that President Trump's approval rating is going to go up a lot because they're going to make idiots of themselves tonight and not break any new ground. So there you go. Bet your money. Let me know how you do. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.